If I had a million dollars, I'd stay in bed with you all day. We're letting people go, John. You're the first. We have a lot of applicants, all of whom have 10 years' experience. Okay. Things will get better. You're gonna have an amazing job one day. The Antiques Roadshow is coming this weekend. Why don't we see if we can find something and get on TV? I'm so sorry for this, John. Look! It gives you money when you hurt yourself. We have to promise to stop before it gets out of control. We make our million and we stop. I'll take the full Brazilian. I want it all gone. Let's do this the old-fashioned way. So, John, are you still with the same company? We switched to private investing. It looks like I'm doing all right. Shabbat Shalom. Where is the teapot? Our grandmother risked her life to save that teapot during the Holocaust. We have to find out what this thing is. The teapot possesses extraordinary power. You are in grave danger. Most people kill themselves for decades and get nowhere. It's a gift from the gods. We said we'd stop when it got out of hand. Oh! I'd say it's out of hand. Now tell me, how can you save yourself? You're turning evil. There is nothing evil about wanting more. What's happening to your face, your eyes, like hanging out? I'm fine. Whatever it is that's going on, it's not worth it. Don't say we didn't warn you. What sort of dog do you two have? I heard him howling last night. Ow, ow. <laughs> that was just some really violent sex. When you start creating a film, it's uh, it's exciting because there, your your story uh, can reach so many people, and uh, your film is very touching. You know, when when I first saw the trailer. I was like, it's a comedy, you know. It's it's you know, one of those things where, you know, you, you have uh, the relationship, you have, um, you know, the the idea of what, how much how much money is enough. Uh, some of the uh, 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 intricacies of how that how that plays out in life, uh, but there's a really deep meaning uh, to to the movie. So talk a little bit about um, you know how you got started uh, with with the movie. Um, and uh, some some things that that surprised you uh, as you were uh, you know putting the movie together. Well, you know, I started off by finding the short story, which was written by Tim Macy online on a short story website, and I contacted him, and then we started collaborating and worked together. And our initial idea was to make a comic book series. We thought that would be really cool. <laughs> That was about as far as we were thinking. And then as we developed the comic book, we realized there was a lot more to tell. 
that couldn't be told just on a two-dimensional project. And so he set out to write the screenplay. And the first thing that was really surprising is that he was like an amazing screenplay writer. And this was the first thing he'd ever written. So that was pretty shocking. Um, and, and then, you know, as we developed the screenplay, we started sharing it with friends and family. And people really liked it a lot. And I think that, you know, the main reason that we started off with a comic book is that, you know, when I started looking at who was reading the short story online, there was like over 300,000 people who had read the short story. And I was trying to figure out who these people were. And as I looked into it, I found out that it was mostly 16 to 24-year-olds. And I think that was because maybe it was a signed reading for, like, best short story. And um, so we really decided that we wanted to go in a different direction the short story and really target younger people create the comic book, have it be this sort of more present-day fairy tale, and help, hopefully have it relate to many people who are going through the economic downturn and experiencing hardships. And um, But what I didn't really realize is how much hardship I was going to have to go through just to get the movie made. <laughs> you know, in order to get anyone interested, I, we really needed to say that we had money to begin the shooting. And so... I went to my husband and I said, you know, I need to mortgage our house wow. to be able to, you know, create startup money. And so I we mortgaged our house and then Tim, the writer, put in his savings, um, which little savings he had from like working at night teaching night classes at a school. And so we really like self-financed for the beginning of the film and the pre-production phase. And then as, as people heard that we were financed, um, all of a sudden we got more and more interest. And, uh, you know, we shot this movie for $850,000 over a period of 19 days in upstate New York with a crew of, you know, a rotating crew of about 17 people. Because some, when I say rotating, I mean that some people would come in and work for a week, but they couldn't really afford to work for you know so little pay that they then go off and do something else and then come back. So it was like constantly changing faces, but you know, really great group of friends who helped and um, yeah, that's really how we made it happen. It was just like a lot of ingenuity and just I literally think I told everybody about this film from the guy who sells my dog food to us to like the person who helps me load the groceries to the de our dentists, you know, our rabbi, I mean, everybody. <laughs> there wasn't a person that didn't know about the Brass Teapot, who was in our circle of friends. One of the, uh, the, the touching moments in the film is, uh, you know, I think towards the end, when, uh, you know, the, when, when the money starts coming out of the teapot, it's actually like, you know, the first time that happens, like, that's just surprising, you know? And when you learn that uh, this brass teapot has gone through generations of noblemen and, and uh, um, good people, bad people, being stolen from Hitler during the Holocaust and then uh, yeah. being, being saved by, by uh, one of the, the cast, um, how, how does, first of all, how does that play into everything? Because like, you have so many, like you have like this teapot that is giving you money when you hurt yourself or you're telling a lie or you're telling the truth. Um, and then you have some, some, some Jewishness involved. You have like the Hasidim breaking in and, and threatening, you know, to take back the teapot. Um, how do you intertwine all these different themes? 
You know, well, let me speak to the sweetness. You know, I grew up watching movies like E.T. and Close Encounters and Splash. And so those types of movies, you know, when I was little, really impacted me because not only was it like a big movie-going experience, but there was like a magical quality to it. And there was always something redeeming. Like, you know, the scene in E.T. when they say goodbye, like that, that scene is so incredibly touching. You know, that scene is, is amazing. And I think that that impacted me as a young person to want to make movies that took you on a journey. And I think a lot of movies um, nowadays... Especially, you know, when it comes to like movies that cost a lot of money to make, they really want to make a movie that's like for a specific genre, like it's straight comedy or it's straight horror. And there isn't a lot of like stuff that goes light and dark. And and so I was definitely concerned about whether I could pull it off in terms of having like a movie that was funny at times and then you know a little bit scary and then um, you know sweet, you know tender and. Uh, but I felt like those were the movies that I love, and those were the movies that I wanted to, you know, that's that was the kind of movie I wanted to make. And so um, I feel it's funny that you talk about the end and you're quoting the lines to me because I have to say that every time I watch that scene, it brings tears to my eyes. Just to watch Juno Temple in that moment, she's so in the moment, you know, where she's giving the teapot up, and 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 I didn't even anticipate that this would be the, this moment where she would cry, but it was what was real for her, you know, that she has come through this whole process and changed so much from being this very, like, uh, superficial person to having so much heart, mm -hmm. and I think that's actually my favorite scene of the whole movie, is that moment, because the speech that Stephen Park gives is so inspiring and to think that they've been through so much is so inspiring. I think that um, I feel that you know making this film you know wanting it to be a fairy tale and wanting it to be entertaining was really important but I also felt that there was a message that I wanted to convey which is this idea of do we need to keep getting buying more stuff and I know that sounds really like how can that possibly be interesting? But I, it's something I contemplate all the time. You know, I'm always saying, well, when I make my movie, then I'll be happy. When I ha have a house, then I'll be happy. You know, when I get married, then I'll be happy. All these things throughout my life I've said. And then, you know, I get those things and they happen. And then I'm still, like, have this little bit of angst, you know, in, in myself. And so it's something I've been thinking a lot about. And I really wanted to try to, in a small way, have this story, have this moral compass, which is that, things will not make you happy. You know, you get them, and then it turns out you're just the way you were before. Just now you have more stuff around you. Uh, and that was, that was... As you can see, The Brass Teapot is a fun movie which uh, shows that money is everything and that love truly does conquer all. This is Aaron Herman. Thank you for watching.